At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Welcome back to season four of Comic Book Nation, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. And if there's one thing I love about our show, it's how prepared we always are. Come in here, nice and prepared. It's not all panic behind the scenes when we jump on. We are ready. Are you being sarcastic? I am actually just stalling for time. I feel like you're calling me out. No, not at all. I am just simply stalling for time while I simply do the last two things I actually have to do before we start this show. And that is what we call just kind of working the stage, folks. But uh, all right, let's go. Welcome to live streaming. Welcome to live streaming. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Welcome back to Comic Book Nation. We're happy to see you guys today. Uh, I am coming off some vacation, so I am just like falling back into this, trying to act like I have it all together. You, know, you, and, you look uh, a little yeah. tan. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I never went outside, but I was on vacation. But uh, thank you very much. Um, all right, so here we are today. Now that we got that little uh, preamble banter amongst the hosts out of the way, that oh you know God, you got to do for man. podcasts. We are going to be talking about a nice grab bag. So like we say, Comic Book Nation, we are your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. You know, we represent comicbook.com here if you are just now getting into our show. And um, yeah, what we do different than most other podcast shows is we cover kind of everything in geek culture. We go all over the place. And today is a show that is definitely representative of that. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to talk about the latest trailer and early reviews of the upcoming Halo trailer, uh, which is coming to the excellent Paramount Plus streaming service. Real soon, by the time we talk to you next show, we will be all talking Halo and uh, what we saw. We got to talk about the latest trailer for uh, Marvel's Ms. Marvel series, which I know Matt is bursting at the seams to talk about. So we're going to give you our trailer reactions to Ms. Marvel and have that talk. Uh, We're going to talk about a new series that's coming to Netflix We took a quick look at something that is just another kind of graphic novel that is getting a debut on HBO Max. We're going to talk about that, the uh, first episode of DMZ, with our girl Rosario Dawson, who uh, we all know and love. And uh, we got to talk about some other news items before we get to our main event, which is going to be ranking our top five DC TV shows. If you guys remember a couple weeks back, we did Marvel TV shows. If, If you missed that, go back and listen to that episode. It was excellent. We got kind of spicy, so uh, we're coming back with the DC side of things after stopping for the Batman. We're going to rank our top five DC TV shows, so going to be a good show, and like I said, representative of everything we do here on Comic Book Nation. We go all over for the culture, so here we go. We should do that in like a geeky voice, right? Like, for the culture! (laughs) Um... <laughs> All right, let's get we started. are killing it. Oh, we are right. killing it right now. Matt, tell us what's going on as our <laughs> gaming guru. Uh, tell us what's going on on the Halo front with this uh, latest trailer. Why don't you start us off with your reaction and uh, 
Tell us what the early reviews are saying. Uh, so one, if you watch the new Halo trailer, I actually came away quite buzzy. I felt I actually felt like it it captured some of that like Master Chief. You trying to work ma- that in as magic? a word? Buzzy? <laughs> no, no, I think I think it came <laughs> off. I felt good. Like after coming off of that, I was like, I was actually excited to jump in. Uh, I have not had the chance to watch episodes yet, and this trailer made me want to watch episodes. I feel like that's ultimately the goal of these things, uh, especially like those kind of those ending sequences. There's like one where Halsey's walking through a, a hallway and like there's all kinds of stuff going on in the background. Um, so like that stuff really got me excited. And honestly, a couple of the shots of like the armor and things like looked impressive, like it. Yes, it looked TV budget, but it looked like high end TV budget. So I was I was happy. And then I read the reviews (laughs) and I went, oh, people know the Mandalorian exists. And evidently that's all that exists because like, I swear every review was just like, it's kind of like the Mandalorian. And I was like, okay, yes. In a, in the sense of like, it is, and in its base form, yes, I can totally see the comparison, right? It's this, you know, kind of gritty soldier character. And he's talking and he's kind of he ends up befriending this like younger girl. And so this kind of, you know, guardian type of relationship starts to form. And where have you seen that? Right. Like, but to be fair, you've seen that in a ton of shows. That's like a genre (laughs) staple. Right. Like, but it's a genre staple. Like the Mandalorian didn't create that. But I'm just saying, like, as a fan of Cable and Hope story (laughs) in the comics, that thing's been around forever, right? And even at that point, when that story came out, people were saying the same thing, like, oh, this is like whatever else. So I do, like, until I can see it for myself, I don't know if that's, you know, if it can be, like, just simplified to that, like, oh, it's that premise again, and it's not as impressive as The Mandalorian. I don't know. But that is the kind of vibe that is out there and that's a little bit of a bummer because like there's not a lot like a lot of people say like oh it's fine like i i mean i've literally seen like it's fine it's some of the visuals like don't quite get there especially for something like halo which if you've watched a halo trailer of like any of the games you know that you know awesome battle scenes and frantic stuff happening is kind of a hallmark of it and we get a little bit of that here but we don't get a ton of that in the trailer either so i don't know like i'm kind of i'm kind of mixed and i was i was like on a high and then i read the reviews i was kind of on a low i hope that maybe once i see it and can kind of parse away from like oh it's just like this other thing i hope like some of the analysis gets a little further than that you know what i mean i don't know that's kind of where i stand <sighs> All right. So, <laughs> I was kind of bummed. Like, I was kind of bummed. I don't know. Well, but. Cozy, what did you think of it? I have been kind of cautiously optimistic about this. Same. I was never tied so tightly to the Halo story. Right. I always thought that was like the most ridiculous part of the games because I could never, even playing, you know, four Halo games, I think <laughs> I played through before I tapped out. Like, I, I never could explain to you like what this story was really all about. Like, I was like, okay, Covenant, bad, you know, those fungi guy, worse, like, shoot everybody that moves, like, try not to die. (laughs) It was that, it was kind of like that. So, you know, I'm not like this Halo purist that's going to be like, oh, man, I can't believe they changed. So I I think I'm just in the kind of camp of people that remembers this was a game and would be kind of almost like rediscovering the franchise through this. So I've been cautiously optimistic. Um, 
as people have pointed out in our chat and our chats are, are hilarious. People are great with this. Um, yeah. There's been a ton of these kind of Papa bear, young cub type yeah. stories throughout storytelling. I mean, it's like basic precept of storytelling. And I mean, but that doesn't mean that I don't think somebody saw Halo and was like, okay, this is good. But like, hmm. while somebody sat down and watched the Mandalorian was like, that's it. That's the ticket. You need like a baby Yoda right. type. Right. Um, yeah, Hollywood cynical like that. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't think I'm gonna roast it just because they're similar. I think Halo has room to grow to be a completely different thing, obviously. So I'm cautiously optimistic about it. So I'm just gonna sit down and kind of give it its own chance and see what it does for me. Uh, which is the great thing about some in some ways streaming and these streaming series. I don't have to go to a theater and like deal with other people, I can just sit down and kind of <laughs> take it on my own merit. Um, I know better than Matt than to go to the internet looking for, uh, you know, you know, mental health boosts. So I'm going to avoid all the reviews or just, like I said, take it in for myself. Also, I love that comic book is trolling me right now. <laughs> can we just can we just throw that out there? Comic book is trolling me. In the we know comic book is really probably just producer Jim Viscardi <laughs> just waiting to pounce on us on something about DC TV rankings or something. Moon Knight, something, something. Oh my god! Uh, yes. Also, Jim gave his first. Let's just do that in case he's waiting for this. Jim Viscardi gave his first review uh, or reaction to Moon Knight. So did Brandon Davis, and they uh, like she likes it. Oh. Oh man, slimy rock sixty nine. We usually have to pay for that kind of stuff, but uh, thank you for describing that. I usually have to pay for that kind of treatment, but uh, I mean, talk to us after the show, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Janelle, what did um, you think of the trailer? Did you get to see it? Uh, yeah, I watched it. I, I like. I definitely did not even kind of think of Mandalorian vibes until this podcast. Like it wasn't even a thought in my mind. Like I'm thinking maybe Stargate. Like I, I'm trying to think of like any oh, like other Stargate, show. Anyway. It could remind me of, I didn't even, Star Wars, anything Star Wars related is so on another level for me. Like, it's just its own thing. It Star Wars is its own. I don't even look at Star Wars as sci-fi. I know that's crazy. But it just, Star Wars is its own thing. Yeah. And so this feels like sci-fi and Star Wars feels like Star Wars. Does that make any sense? I get that. For yeah, me. I totally get that. And then, like, I played Halo, obviously, a ton. Um, I was terrible at sniping or anything other than shotgun and sword and i only i never ever ever played uh the actual storyline so i have absolutely no idea like i would just get into lobbies and try to slice people with a sword <laughs> like and i don't oh, i oh. don't know anything about it <laughs> look i can't say anything as someone who played through um two three and I think a two and three co-op with like buddies that were like just immersed in lore and could like <laughs> fill in all the blanks for me. I still don't know what those games were about. Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause but it I was just, I was never well. into that. I was never into that. I tried yeah. like getting into a little bit and it's just like never clicked with me, but like they were super fun. Right. And I like parts of it. Like I like aspects of it. So I, I would still like being in the world and playing the games. But like, if you're asking me like, what character knows this over this? Like, I'm going to be like, fuzzy like yeah. it's gonna be super fuzzy for me anyway so, i mean um, i'm looking forward to it because i love sci-fi and i love space and i love aliens and i, I think it'll just be really fun so this brings it's, it's kind of funny because uh i wrote the this next part before i saw the reviews so oh, wow. my question was going to be will this be video games 
kind of big mainstream TV hit, or will that be Last of Us when that HBO series drops? Now, like, do you, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, just because people are reacting, you know, early reviews right now doesn't mean, like, the audience won't totally click with it once it comes out and stuff like that. I mean, we've seen that happen plenty of times before. So it remains to be seen what the actual, like, bigger reaction will be. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, is this the one that kind of breaks gaming out as far as television concerned? Because we know movies are a different story. Yeah, I I personally feel like this is going to struggle because HBO, it's just the name HBO, like more people, I think, are going to be tuning in to HBO content. Um, obviously, like, I don't know what we have no idea what that's going to look like over there. At least we have a taste of this. But there's room for both because this is oh, like sure. sci-fi and that, I mean, it's totally different things. So I'm just, as a gamer, so pumped to have gaming content moving into the big screen or I guess the small screen, whatever. Uh, I'm just excited about that altogether. So I'm going to probably be binging both. Like I'm going to probably watch them both more than once. What's yeah. going to be hilarious is when you know, Halo gets called out for being more like the Mandalorian, but the show starring the Mandalorian won't get called out for being like the Mandalorian. (laughs) 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 He'll be like Pedro Pascal to be over there like, yeah, screw that show. Too much like the Mandalorian. (laughs) And me in this show with this little girl, you know, this thing I'm doing that I've never done before. Not at all like the Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, so you know you gotta love the world. It's a, it's a it's a funny world yeah. we live in. But um yeah, I don't know. But I mean, on the whole, I do think this is still a turning point for like gaming and gaming and entertainment. Like what may not have worked on the big screen, it feels like it is kind of going to be working on the small screen. Even if this isn't like the most perfect adaptation, it's still quality enough to kind of have gotten over that gap, right? Like that we've been really afraid of. So. Uh, yeah. pretty interesting, and I'm yeah, like Janelle said, I'm streaming both of these. So right, sure. Know. And as Manuel uh, Gonzalez brought up, uh, you know, Resident Evil Netflix's Resident Evil did get a date. I think it was like July something. I can't remember off the top of my head, um, middle of July or something like that. But I don't know what after the last two Resident Evil projects that we've had come down the pike, including the the Netflix like CG series, and then. Welcome to Raccoon City. I just have no idea what to expect from this. So I'm yeah. just kind of holding out all like I'm excited because I'm a Resident Evil fan, but I'm holding out all just like whether to get hype or not until we act, I actually see it because I just have no idea what to expect right now from from the franchise. Um, but we should get into Ms. Marvel. Yeah, but before we move on, uh, just based on some of the comments, let me just say that uh, if I might make a quick sales pitch, I think people in the comments oh, should change up and maybe considering signing up for the mountain of entertainment that is Paramount Plus that offers you like just great entertainment. One of the few streaming services to offer you excellent live TV service in addition to streaming. Live TV service where you can catch shows like Comic Book Nation on Sunday mornings. That's true. Live on Paramount Plus. And Halo, you get to see us in Halo. What else are you waiting for? Just say a zero get out shout here. Hi, Carly. <laughs> and I, Carly. Uh, there you go. I, you know what? I think that's Comic Book Nation's most popular tweet. Can I just throw that out there? <laughs> it is. It <laughs> is. You can watch. You can spend a morning watching us, I, Carly. Maybe some football. 
Then hop over, catch up on Jersey Shore. We got everything. You can watch the new screen movie. See who gets stabbed. You know, like it's a mountain of entertainment. All right, let's move on. Halo, Comic Book Nation, Paramount Plus. I know, I know. But I saw like we were just losing. I'm trying to get us some more people. We want more viewers. Come on, man. All right, let's go over to Ms. Marvel. Matt, just go off. I know you want to go off. No, I I just, number one, I want to say this. The trailer hit. I am super pumped. I'm very hyped for the show. Uh, Iman Vellani is just so like, uh, she's so awesome. Like she just like exudes Kamala Khan. Like it just comes out and I'm just so excited to actually see her in the role. Um, and she's just every scene she's in, she just lights it up. She's awesome. So I'm super stoked uh, that she, she's just so excited to be like you can tell you know when like actors have enthusiasm being the roles they are um and so it just looks awesome plus like look at the style of this i love the style like it's just very there's just such a i don't know almost like a old school like uh man what's the what's the time frame on that on that aesthetic kofi like i'd say it's uh it's meant to feel like kind of 80s almost like 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 late 80s. 80s yeah yeah um, it's just, man, it's just everything about this. So I love that. And it's I like love the, like, it's kind of like weirdly it's cause they use the weekend song, which is from an album in which he's kind of creating that like techno synth retro eighties yeah. vibe in a modern way, which is kind of what I guess the kids are doing now. We're just getting back to the late eighties, nineties. Oh, it all comes back around, man. Comes back around full circle, baby. My, my Jordash kicks are going to be in style. Again, oh like my God. Stop. Do have <laughs> Stop it. Oh my God. Stop I got all my Echo Unlimited gear in the closet just waiting oh, for that to come back. Um, I, knew, I knew putting you on a Miss Marvel yeah, segment. Just gonna, you know I mean? um, so, okay. So I'm super excited about that. The thing that has come up, though, uh, in, as a, in a popular debate uh, online and social is the powers because those are the biggest, like, we've, we've seen teases of, like, uh, merchandising where it was kind of like, oh, she's got, like, you know, like this kind of purplish glow thing, and it seemed to be linked to a gauntlet or something. You didn't know what that was. Well, now we know that it's linked to her bracelet. And this bracelet seems to be, obviously we haven't seen the show yet, so we don't know all the intricacies, but it seems to be the source of her powers. And her powers are not her skin, you know, being and her being able to shape shift and her skin transforming and all that. It's like more cool. based on There's like basically, it's it. basically quasar right or you know a popular comparison is, of course green lantern you know constructs and things like that this seems to be like you know they have a very specific thing it's like a certain type of energy that you know once formed she can do all, and she does stuff in the trailer by the way that is exactly like the comics right like her big fist yeah that's right out of the things if i i don't know how you make her grow <laughs> in the books with this power set i'm sure they'll find a way but like you see her walking on platforms that she creates you see her with a shield like there's a lot of stuff like that it does evoke those vibes as as a big fan of the character in the comics and her power set in the comics i understand that sometimes this kind of power set looks weird in live action so maybe they wanted to steer it away also Mm -hmm. it makes sense from linking her bracelet like the theory is right that it's uh, it's Cree, and so that's how you can tie her into the greater cosmic universe with with Carol, and like that's how you can get that connection there. And but in the book, she gets that from her grandmother, 
And it's just like an heirloom. It's just like a thing that she just holds close to her because her grandmother gave it to her and it means something in the family. It has nothing to do with powers. So hmm. it seems like they're merging those two. I don't know. Like the power set, it does not define a character. That's where I stand, right? Obviously. She is Kamala. She is going to be Miss Marvel. It's just the powers do play a part and they are, in her case, rather trademark it like they're they're very foundational to like the fun of the character in the comics so i am bummed that we're not going to really get to see a lot of that it seems here or it's going to be translated differently yeah so do where do you stand on that i'm I'm, i so far i'm not a real big fan of the powers themselves but i am a fan of this show already i am hyped but where do you guys stand on that because that's where i feel I think Snyder bros are sitting in the corner sipping tea saying, oh, so you can make changes to characters? All right. But what does uh, this have to do with the Snyder? Uh, that aside, <laughs> that aside. You always um, find a way to link it. I'm not sold on this. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sold on this series at all. Like out of all the Marvel Disney plus series, this is the one I'm sold on the least. Not to say I do not like this young actress. I very much do. But I just think... I don't know if Marvel knows what it's doing with this yet. And I feel the same kind of anxiety I felt when Captain Marvel came out, which is I love these characters, but I don't know if Marvel is taking the right approach with these kinds of things. I'm glad they ditched the embiggening thing because I don't, for reasons of just how to create that effect on screen to doing that with like a teenage girl and all the gross ways that could go, especially with the internet. Like, I don't know if we needed to go there. And so mm. I'm, I'm happy we're not. Um, I think there is a smart way to link this and kind of, cause the stuff with captain Marvel, that name Ms. Marvel, that name, which character it is and everybody who's in between <laughs> Like from Photon to Quasar, that's such a mess in Marvel Comics that streamlining it here to give us just like what we're going to get in the Marvels, like three distinct ladies with cosmic power who are this, this and this. um, I don't remind that at all. So if this is more kind of Quasar's, you know, character kind of mashed together with Kamala Khan, I'm okay with that, uh, with the power set. But so far, I'm just trying to I'm kind of worried like Marvel's like hey, we're making our first Muslim character and that's going to be like what this is. It's going to be like some weird pageant for how they're introducing this new kind of, you know, inclusive character. But I want to make sure that there's like a actual firmer, deeper kind of point that Kamala Khan gets an actual superhero story that's very entertaining and and kind of deep and not just like some weird cult- cultural pageant. You know what I'm saying? But like and- the comics was that. But like, yes, but I think the comics myth. also wove together a mythos that made Kamala Khan, like Miles Morales, one of the more kind of break out. Because let's be honest, the people who wrote like, you know, a lot of these characters were stretching their imaginations a little bit about culturally in some of the cases, but uh, especially with Miles. But they did it in a they still did it in a way that that mythos grew and felt deep and rich enough around the character, not just their kind of different, diverse place in the world, but an actual like Spider-Man story for miles. You know what I mean? That was really compelling. And so, I mean, and they did it again with Spider-Verse. So I just want to make sure that Kamala Khan gets the same thing and that this is going to be, is going to deliver that larger story arc that makes it really compelling Marvel cinematic universe chapter. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I don't have any reason to not think that part is. Happening. I don't doubt it. I'm just saying I haven't yeah. seen it yet. But I, but I agree. I, I do want to see more of that as we get more footage and things like that. Janelle, what do you think? Um, I, I don't. I, I haven't really seen a lot of her in the comics, so I don't have this preconceived notion. I do know her powers, though, and that's saying something. Like if I know her powers, and I haven't even like <laughs> read a lot of her books. That just goes to show you that it, they are making a choice here. And I think you're totally right. I think you nailed it. I think it's going to, it would be very hard to make some of those powers work with CGI and make them like digestible for people who don't know her from the comics. Like, I feel like some people would be like, what is this power? Like she's a stretchy thing. Like it, it's, it's weird if, if you don't know. It's real Cronenberg. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where are all these people going to be when Mr. Fantastic shows up? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> where are all these naysayers going to be when it's like, because like, if they do the same thing to him, you're going to have a riot. I think there <laughs> I is, imagine. I think, but I think again, and I don't want to get too deep in this, but I think there is a safer chance of doing that with Mr. Fantastic like this older dude than like this teenage girl, like you know, I think it would be a little weird to go all Cronenberg with your first Muslim character also, like make him into like a weird body horror Cronenberg. There's just I, there's, a lot of layers. A way to do, I don't know. That, I think I think it. there is. I think some people may have tried. I think they may have looked at the results and been like, mm, and they I know people pointed to skin from Generation X or whatever. I'm like, okay, can we just give the benefit of the doubt that VFX that have changed a lot Get since that then? <laughs> can we can yeah. we chill, please? Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. Anyway, all right, we got to move on. <laughs> well, <laughs> we I, I guess the overall thing is that I'm kind of in the middle. Okay. I'm kind of between you guys physically. So like, and are you hyped for So you're hyped for the show, but you are a little des- worried about the People topic. are not I watching am. this podcast. Please describe what you're <laughs> On the video <laughs> monitor, you I'm are between stacked. us. Yes, I'm, you're stacked, stacked between us like, in a, vi- in a video stack. stack right now. Please. That's yes. so funny. We are not in the studio. Please <laughs> chill. All right. Oh, I love it. Um, but we yeah. need to kind of race through these next couple. Uh, yeah, so I will just uh, mention it. that uh, Netflix, uh, there's another Boom Studios uh, creation coming to Netflix. Uh, Irredeemable and Incorruptible are both uh, coming via a new movie uh, with Netflix. Um, as I didn't actually ever get to read Incorruptible, but I loved Irredeemable. So as like a big fan of, of, that, of that series and, and Mark Wade. I'm I'm down for that. Like if they can really just pull that out, that can be a great like one and done thing, or maybe that launches, you know, a series or something. Uh, but man, that would be, that would be fantastic. Again, if done right, that would be great. Uh, so that is coming, but we don't have like any other real details. Um, oh, and yes, then Kofi. Oh yes, we do. It's being done by Jay-Z is producing this. We are getting a comic oh, book movie produced that. by Jay-Z, which is crazy. And it's That's by nuts. the, uh, I believe it's the Harder They Fall director, James Samuel. I meant like uh, dates. Oh, no, 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 not dates. But uh, yeah. <laughs> no, James Samuel <laughs> is crazy good. The Harder They Fall was crazy good. And yeah. Oh, I love Jay-Z, the Harder They Fall. Jay-Z was attached to that and he got, and he's back in James Samuel on this. And they're doing this comic book adaptation, which is crazy. So yeah, and there's still that. Happening. I can't wait for something's killing the children coming. Oh my god, um, that's a I'm weird s- sentence to say, Ella. 
Yeah, we're going to get into DMZ reactions in a minute. I'm just going to throw out, uh, we don't usually, uh, for our anime side, today we did have something on the anime side big enough to kind of talk about the new Dragon Ball Super superhero movie that was coming out, has been delayed indefinitely because of hackers who leaked the movie, and now Toei Animation is delaying it indefinitely. Lee. So oh, we have no word. It was supposed to come out in April. We were just weeks away from this having having this out. So next big Dragon Ball Super movie, we were going to get a Gohan return, maybe some big Dragon Ball Z circle around surprises. It was all about to go down. Dragon Ball fans who had been starved for years. We were about to get something, but uh, somebody had to F it up for everybody and leak it and hack it. And now Toei is showing a flex move in there and they're putting it on hold until they decide it's coming out. So Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, moving right along to DMZ. Matt, you wanted us to watch DMZ, the most uplifting show I've seen in a long time. So what did you think of the first episode? I didn't watch it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> just, you, okay so it's just us. This is Jim kept saying, don't watch it. Yeah, I know. So, you let yourself be influenced like, by I Jim. Have to, just I have to pick and choose what I'm going to do here. Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I didn't. Like, I, I know because I that was my first thing too was like Jim going don't watch it it's, it's not good and then why the last man comparisons were made and I did not like that show at all I did, I just didn't it didn't click with me I liked this more than I liked why the last man I wouldn't say I loved it but I liked it I don't know I I thought Rosario Dawson like I I mean I'm a sucker for Rosario Dawson in pretty much anything like she's great. She can take even the most base character and make it entertaining. I don't know. I thought this was. I thought this was better. I watched the first episode. I didn't make it past the first episode, so I'm just making that thing. But like, I don't know. I want to watch more. When I watched the first episode of Why the Last Man, I went, "Oh God, thank God it's over." When I saw the first episode of this show, I went, "Okay, I'll watch another one." I don't want to watch another one right now, <laughs> but I want to watch another one. I'll, I'll give it a chance. So I don't know. I came away. I I liked it. Like, I thought it was, if fine was a rating, <laughs> I would give it a fine. We that's do. We have it. that. That's 3.5 out of 5 is a uh, uh, yeah, or 3.5 out of 5. Uh, basically, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I think that it was, it, I think the first episode would have been like a really good short film. Like it was, it would have been a perfect thing if that had ended right there. I'd have been like, wow, that's a powerful kind of deep short film like it really would have been because there's like a whole quote-unquote twist at the end and you know that sets things in motion but it would also have been a really great short film like i said uh because it was perfectly kind of a contained story that told you something and would have implied a lot uh i got through it but it got me into the second episode and yeah i mean there's a lot of really great actors i didn't know anything about it going in i have not read the graphic novel and i didn't really follow the series because i knew it was like probably a dead end i think it's just like what four episodes it's just a four episode yeah Yeah, so i and i hadn't heard great things about it but like you said rosario dawson press play um and yeah benjamin bratt's in it like uh one of uh what's her name mimi gum i think her name is uh one of meryl streep's daughters is in it and like yeah, there's a lot of good actors and the story is kind of compelling. And as you get to know more about the characters, it gets more compelling. So, yeah, it's not uplifting by any means. And there are some powerful things about like family and parents and, and stuff like that that can really get you in the feels. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I was. I liked it way more than Why the Last Man because it felt like a piece of actual art and like well thought out in an actual story that's going somewhere instead of just like Why that just you know its title was also the question I asked by the end of the first episode Why. <laughs> All right, so DMZ. If you got something nothing to do this weekend, it's, it's rainy here in Nashville. I don't know how it is in your neck of the woods, but uh, yeah, I mean four episodes. You must it's press play and and kick back for some good Rosario Dawson acting. So that's never a bad thing, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what All I'm right. saying. There we go. All right, so I think we're gonna take a break. Is that it? Do we get yeah. everything? Yeah, yep. we we're gotta, gonna take yeah, a break. We're... Come back and we're gonna rank these top five DC TV shows. Be sure not to miss that. It'll probably get spicy. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, we're back. I'm still dancing. I actually have video of me going nuts dancing to our intro music. It's it's pretty good. Maybe one day if everybody's a good little listener and subscriber, we'll release that video on our at Comic Book Nation Twitter feed. It is it's pretty it's pretty tight. Um we are back and uh shout out once again to our new podcast producer Peter for these graphics. We Killing are going nuts about the graphics over here. Yeah. I pop an eye catch in comic book nation graphics. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. When shout out to Rich for uh, moving behind the scenes really fast and even getting things like that Miss Marvel trailer up real fast. On the keeps spot, this whole thing, man. Keeps this whole thing on the rails. If you guys yeah. don't know, uh, Rich is lost. always in the background, uh, bona fide Star Wars fan and all around master producer. He does this and he shoots Tennessee Titans games. The man's unstoppable. <laughs> We know which one is the step down in his uh, weekly schedule. So thank you, Rich. Uh, was it? I feel like it was yeah. Rich's birthday, too. Oh, is it? I don't I haven't, so I'm so bad about being on social media these days. Am I terrible? I don't, <laughs> I don't it, mean to call it, you out, Rich. Rich? <laughs> no, it, no, no, okay. no. No, it's not Rich's birthday. No, Rich turned 30. We are so late. Ours. Rich, I, I wished Rich happy birthday like weeks ago. You are so, you are derailing this podcast. Or I'm just behind. Rich's birthday, he turned 30 weeks ago. He's now, he's now, but he's in the dark place like us where, oh God, I'm 40. <laughs> what am I saying? Oh no, oh no. <laughs> I'm 40. I just remembered. I turned 40. Oh, boy. So this got depressing. In that case, let's go to DC TV shows. It's time to rank our favorite DC TV shows. So, All right. So how do we want to do this? Well, we're going to do, do snake. We're going to do snake draft again, just like uh, we did, uh, I think, for the Batman movies, because that got us moving. And uh, I'll start us off and we'll go. We'll go through me, Matt, and through to Janelle. Me and you have around. the same one. Yeah. On this so one we're going to go with our honorable mention picks first. Um, and we'll this just make hard. it nice and concise because you and me, Matt, had the same honorable mention pick 
that we, we didn't get it in our top fives, but we had to mention it. And that was Batman, the 1960 series, Adam West series. Um, yeah, we both put this down honorable mention because really DC TV in a lot of ways, I mean, it was the first, I mean, they had Superman shows going back to the black and whites. I think they even had Batman shows then, but uh, this was the show that really kind of hit, you know, superhero TV as a very viable franchise and enduring kind of franchises. This was the first, right. And to the point where no matter when we were born, most of us have seen this series uh, from the 1960s and how it just brought the fun of comics to the TV screen with the boom, the pals, and even the weirdness with the bat dance and all that. And yeah, man, crazy stuff. And even launched a movie and made a whole universe tie in and stuff like, yeah, this was delivered this was one of the, like some iconic performances in Cesar Romero's Joker. Yep. Uh, Julie Newmartin, Eartha Kitt's Catwoman. Yep. Curtis Meredith's Penguin. Yep. Um, of course, Yvonne Craig's Batgirl, which is like where my love of Batgirl started from this show. I have to credit the show for that. Like so much, the be- like one of the best Batmobiles ever. Like there's yeah. so many things that the show has. Uh, a, a Batman running with a giant bomb. <laughs> on the on the dock, on the all pier. the stock footage, all the stock footage backgrounds of the shark cars repellent, that running, man, bat so shark repellent. Yeah, there's just I mean the bat pole uh, down to the cave, uh, everything like this. I mean the kitsch and just the zaniness of the '60s and Adam West, like in just the subtle things it did for. I mean employing some of the first you know you know, actors of color in major comic book roles on TV, and you know just not even missing a beat and doing stuff like that. So. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff Batman 66 did, or you know, Batman 66, that's the movie. Batman 60s TV show did, and uh, yeah. If and you only three seasons. That, only Nuts. three seasons. Yeah, if but there's so much syndication that it, feel like, yeah. it feels like a million of them, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Burt Ward, Adam West, just classic, and brought the fun of Batman and Robin. Before everything got dark and we got into this darkest timeline, yeah, Batman was very, fun. So Very different. Very different. Uh, also, Shut someone up. just mentioned it in the comments, a show that I simply forgot about. I cannot believe I forgot it when we were making this list. And I'm like, damn it. That would have been might have been in my list, but I forgot. So I can't put it in there. I'm not going to say which one until we're done. <laughs> it's hard. There are a lot There's a of lot. shows. There's and a lot. I there wish a lot like, of good ones. I almost thought like maybe we should like Arrowverse, like just Arrowverse. You like could do a, do a one list just, of you just. guys can't ever hide. And no matter how you start slicing this down, it's you're so gonna hard. you're gonna get hit up. So yeah, you know, shows that start honor- with the letter L. Yeah. You know, what was your honorable mention? My honorable mention was actually Doom Patrol. Uh this show is so freaking weird. <laughs> it's just so good. Um I did binge this because I I thought that we would be covering the new season. So I was like, oh, no, I need to watch all of it. And I would not recommend it. I would recommend taking it in installments because some of the storylines did mush together. There's a lot of information thrown into these seasons. So I wish I could have taken my time a little bit more and really like appreciated each episode for what they were. But I, I love this. Each character is phenomenal. Um, it's, it's like a family story. Uh, the costume is so awesome and it's not like it's not cgi like this is this is like awesome costuming that i just i it's it's just so good um it's a new and less known 
superhero team, which I had no context going in at all. And I just, I loved every single storyline from each of these and it has humor, it has heart. And it's just, like I said, it's so freaking weird. (laughs) It's so weird and so good. And the acting is great. So this is hard for me not to throw into my top five, honestly, but yeah. I love Doom Patrol. All right. We're snake drafting. So you go back and continue with number okay. five. My number five, I have had a hard time, a very hard time picking bet- between four and five on this one. So I feel like I could just tie these two. But my number five is Harley Quinn. <laughs> I, I'm i really excited about this because um, this is my favorite iteration of Harley I've ever seen. Again, I am not into animated content. It's just not my jam. I don't really seek it out. I watch it when you guys tell me to. So unfortunately, like I don't really have the same knowledge that you guys have with these animated shows, even like going back to like my childhood, I just don't, I was watching like Gullah Gullah Island over Batman. So, um, but this show, I feel like it has just grown into this amazing world. Um, the cast, like I love getting to know so many of these Batman villains. I feel like Batman is like known for the villains and this is like a perfect show to just show them off, show off all of these awesome villains. King shark has my heart. I love him so much in this. Um, and honestly the relationship between Ivy and Harley is just out of this world. (laughs) It is it started off with such a like girl gang like friendship and seeing it grow has just been so awesome to see represented in DC and superheroes and in animated form. Like it's just really, really cool. Uh, lots of swearing, violence, humor, the love scenes, uh, just, Oh, and then Joker. Joker in this is so funny. Like he, it's just a different side of him that we just don't really see very often. So it makes me really excited to see Joker. So that's my number five. All right, Matt, you're up. Uh, yeah. So uh, Harley Quinn, I'm just so glad that uh, there's just so much to love about this show. And I'm glad that it's got a Nightwing now, right? Show's got a Nightwing now. Oh, um, man. We have the so, same number five. I didn't even notice that. So you and me. So go ahead. Yes. You and uh, so nothing here. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna let you go because I don't feel like okay. This barely made my list. So I want someone who's like more like oh, incredibly okay. enthusiastic about it. All right. But uh, I, I still felt like it deserved this spot. Matt like, and guys. Matt and I's can join number five is <laughs> Peacemaker. Do you really want to taste it? So. <laughs> We picked Peacemaker, and basically I picked Peacemaker because I think James Gunn has made one of the better, not just superhero TV shows that I've seen, but one of the better superhero TV shows within a franchise tie-in that I've ever seen. Like, this took the Suicide Squad and everything I liked about, you know, Peacemaker's character and the ramifications of that movie and extended them into a really good and entertaining character study uh, that took us deeper into this character and uh, made us laugh and really kind of made us feel things for these demented characters and horrified us with some scary horror movie stuff. It did everything. It went all around the board pretty much. And uh, John Cena is definitely like a star uh, and really owns that and introduced us to just new versions of, I mean, takes on like vigilante that are more interesting than anything I've seen before. 
And it, it just was a fun extension of what we call the DC gun verse, you know, and I, I'm loving it. And uh, I really did taste it. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was good stuff. I am getting constantly trolled by comic book. Uh, about helmets, yeah. Right now, not everybody who takes their helmet off. Evidently, my kryptonite is like people taking helmets off uh, in, in shows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, and so it was good. And people are saying, I mean, and I thought I was raving about Peacemaker because we did a, you know, episode by episode recaps here. And so I thought it would be higher on my list, too, until, like you said, I jumped into this DC TV stuff and I was like, oh, man, this is actually a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's, it's so difficult. This might have moved it up way more. The Marvel stuff is so much easier. <laughs> like yeah, this. I, I yeah. think and, I, and now that I'm looking, I might have screwed myself in this order and I know I'm going to get roasted, but that's OK. Uh, <laughs> I oh, God, I think I'm up next. So I think I am yep. a snake draft. Right. So. Matt, you want to add anything before I move on to my number four? No, I think you said I honestly think you said that like you kind of mirrored wise it because like i was going to put it higher on my list but then once you start going through the rundown of just all of the dc shows and especially like some of the classic ones yeah it really just depends on when you grew up and what time frame and stuff and so certain ones i just had to put ahead of it but i still ended up like i, I came around to pacemaker and uh eagerly i'll just give that give eagerly a shout <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Wonderful. I need a hug from Eagley. There we go. Uh, that's, that's what I have to say about that. All right. So uh, going up to my number four, and here's where I know I just screwed up and probably going to get roasted. But at number four, I placed Arrow. Uh, and I placed Arrow here because Arrow is not, and I know I'm going to get roasted because Arrow's not always been the best, highest quality comic book TV show ever produced. But it is a show that in the two, I, I really got into this business in the 2010s and like there was no comic book TV that was reliably out there. And when this show came out, I mean, it carried the hopes of like a lot of people, a lot of stuff on its back. It was going to be darker. It was going to be grittier. It was going to be grounded like the Nolan thing. You know, Nolan had given people the, at least in Hollywood, the idea that, okay, if you do this superhero stuff grounded, you can make it compelling and people will tune in and be really into it and you know all of that and so that's what it started out as and i'm not going to stump and say stephen amell was like the greatest actor and that the production of arrow season one is like the greatest thing ever but it grew and there's a lot i have to say about people who have been in comic tv and kind of grew and like got better over time stepped up their game and kind of like i look at agents of shield is the same way like oh man it's rough in that first season but you see what like Chloe Bennett and Clark Gregg and all the rest of that cast did to really step up that show. And Arrow grew from just being this grounded kind of darker take on Green Arrow to being the entire Arrow universe into arguably giving superhero TV franchises as a whole the start. And there when this show hit and did well, like, man, it really hit and did well and. You all know some of the seasons like season two with Deathstroke and that whole take on Slade Wilson, Deathstroke. Amazing stuff, right? You know, the drama and what happens with his mother and the fight for Star City, the Ra's al Ghul stuff like Arrow gets trolled. But Arrow also did a lot of takes on DC characters that were fun mm -hmm. and kind of novel and new. And, you know, even its take on Vigilante and Adrian Chase and taking Adrian Chase and making him that, you know, the Arrow killer and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it was good. And it started, a, I mean, it started a whole new wave of stuff. The memes, the gifts, all that stuff. It had its <laughs> own iconography, the Salmon Ladder. How many dudes went out and tried to now get Salmon Ladders <laughs> and do that whole thing? It was constant conversation. I know in a dark era of the comic book offices, we had to hear about that a lot. Uh, 
Yeah, but I mean, it started a lot when it did its thing, and and at a time when there was n- like nothing out there, Arrow was a pioneer, and I respect the pioneers, so that's why I have it as my number four pick. And Diggle, yeah, Diggle, buddy, Come Diggle on. rules, man. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, Arrow, I'm stumping for Arrow. All right, is it me? It is Can you. I go now. Okay, good. Thank God. Wait, actually, no, no, no. Is wait, oh, yes, wait. yeah, uh, yes. yeah. Okay, no. I'll go. Okay, go. so I'm so glad, so glad that you went first on this because I was petrified of the flack I'm going to catch for my number four. Um, but mine goes with a lot of the things you said about Arrow. Those are kind of going to go hand in hand with my pick for number four, which is The Flash. Um, this, to me, Ew. is no, my <laughs> this is my superhero comfort what? food. This is my, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to throw on the flash because it reminds me of a time when I was just really wrapped up in these shows. And I have to give credit to CW shows because they have to make so many episodes. And yes, we're going to have some seasons that aren't as good as others. And there's so much content that they have to like produce. I almost feel bad. Like, I wish that they didn't do put that much pressure on on these shows. Um, But this is this is my comfort food. This is me. This is the first superhero live action show that I tuned in every single week to watch. I didn't even watch Arrow. So I jumped in on Flash and um, I I just I, I adored this Barry Allen. I, I he was so wholesome and lovable <laughs> and I nothing like bothered me like I I just enjoyed it like I watched Vampire Diaries on the CW yeah I love Vampire Diaries <laughs> yeah me too and it was around the same time that I was kind of watching both and it just filled this like superhero need for television programming that I just super super loved I know it's super wholesome I know that it's a little cornball, but I love it for those reasons. And I, you know, Cisco was, I, I, I just, I loved these characters so much. I just loved all of them really. And then obviously any overlapping of Arrowverse content was just amazing. And I just would not feel right not having some kind of Arrowverse show on my list. <laughs> so I went with the flash. Agreed. I made uh, yeah. fun that whole time, but I love flash season one. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, I really dug flash season one. Well, Janelle's pick and Janelle's comment of like the bleeding over stuff leads perfectly to mine. Perfect. uh, Mine is Legends of Tomorrow, son. I love this show. And also, a lot of people mentioned it in the comments, Captain Cold. Like, Wentworth Miller. Yeah, it's waving Captain Cold. That's dynamic. So, so cool. And like the way this show has morphed from season to season, switching out pieces of the cast, you know, uh, change, like the timelines, like this show, wh- what Arrow did, because you have to recognize what Arrow did at a time when those shows weren't like, this wasn't kind of happening in, in these universes. And that showed that you could make a grounded kind of grittier DC show and it could be successful. And then once that was established, Legends comes in and goes, hey, by the way, uh, we can do absurd, stupid, fun stuff, too. <laughs> and like went the complete opposite direction. And that's why I love it. Like from episode to episode, it was 
crazy scenarios, character interactions were just so unique and different because really this show found a way to combine characters that just didn't get a lot of interactions in the comics. So you really had a lot of fresh blood all the time. Um, and then you still had stalwarts, right? Heat Wave, uh, Captain Cold. I loved Rip throughout the first part and, and his arc. And then you get new people coming in. Um, like White Canary was is, has been amazing. Uh, throughout this series uh and then like doing things like bringing john constantine in and matt ryan and like like there's just so much fun in this show and it's just like you can just watch one episode and just have a great time but then if you watch the overall show as a whole it's rewarding it, it offers great character interactions depth i love this show it's just so but it's just so funny that the Arrowverse has become so unique and like you can have a show like arrow and you can have a show like this and they do completely different things love it yeah legends i mean legends is great and when they leaned into just like what they could do with the show and ditching all the sci-fi time travel stuff and just had going to different periods and playing dress up and having fun with it like yeah it, it became something else entirely and good stuff all right uh that was what your number four, four. so you're on number three uh, now right yeah, yeah we're number three so you're up I'm up. All right. So uh, this is going to surprise no one. Titans. <laughs> yes. Titans, son. Thank uh, God I, have, I have been on that train <laughs> from day one. I I love this show, uh, even through its growing pains in season one. And like, I mean, obviously that to me, that is the weakest season, but I was still hooked on that. And I, and I saw the potential. And now that we're into season three and now we're getting season four and it's like, just seeing all the stuff and all the characters, like I have told multiple people about the show, like who knew nothing about it. And then they've watched it and become hooked. And they're like, Oh my God, like it's so cool to see like Red Hood story come to light. And like Dick Grayson, like the way that character has been portrayed. I love uh, Starfire. Like you've just seen a lot of growth. Uh, Donna Troy has been amazing, even though she hasn't been in the series as much as some of the others still Hawk and Dove. Like, there's so many characters. Like I now associate Hawk and Dove. My favorite Hawk and Dove interpretation is the show. <laughs> and Wait, I easily like, Alan Richardson and Minka Kelly killed that. Killed, killed that. Yeah. And then the rewarding thing in season three, and like seeing that come full circle. It's just man. Like I, I just adore this show. Again, this show is like Legends in the way that it knows what it is, so it leans into that. So this show does, you know, lean into some of the you know some brutal stuff at times, and and tries to go dark but like it's very upfront about that and i like this universe i i i love this universe um i have my issues with it of course with certain castings but even those like my issues with like bruce wayne right i'm not the biggest fan of the batman actor but at the same time there are scenes in season three between bruce and jason todd that i'm like those are like some of my favorite scenes like yeah. dc scenes so like even the things that i have issues with can still produce great moments so like One of my show, favorite scarecrows ever take oh man so man. good love the show man um all right so titans and uh that brings it around to who is it janelle I think it's you. oh it's me it, it no just go go ahead jay okay uh so my number three is uh surprising <laughs> because i do not love any kind of like police drama type detective stuff and i picked lucifer Woo! uh this again was a binge for me i binged the heck out of the show and i will say this i i love doom patrol i love titans but i guess where i'm kind of getting to here is 
Lucifer is strong for me because I can watch it again and again. I can kind of pick up any episode and just like tune into it and enjoy it and and have a good time watching it. That's that's fun. Like I I feel that way with Doctor Who too, which is my favorite show of all time if anybody knows. So, I it's just an easy watch and I just have to say like Tom Ellis is a rock star he could carry any show like by himself this role was made for him and he has enough charisma for this entire cast he doesn't need to because the cast is great but he's just so so good um the writing is just so clever and it's such a good sense of humor um and obviously like the source material is really great. So, and honestly, I feel like so many people, even if you know nothing about the comics and you don't even like superhero stuff, everyone, I'm going to say I'm in the South, but a lot of people are brought up with like heaven and hell and God and the devil. And it's, you can kind of like get into it and relate to it a little bit because we've all been taught these things since we were kids. It's really fun to see it like portrayed in like a heroic way and to kind of challenge what our concept is of that and what the devil is and uh, see him kind of have this like, I don't know, new side of him and see him fall. You're you're hot for devil. I think they made a song. Oh, hell yes, I am. Yeah, okay. he is. He's he's amazing. <laughs> he's All right. hot. There you <laughs> that go. Aspect, <laughs> That's so, my number three. All right. Uh, I'm going to keep it because we got to get through this a little bit quicker as we wrap up our right. top three. So I'm going to say my third pick was Justice League animated series, and I'm going to go based on some comments I saw earlier. I'm going to go ahead and just include the entire run of that animated series, the original kind of one hour movie style ones, and Justice League Unlimited that followed. Um, I'm just going to put them together because to me, they are, they were one, one block of work. I know technically they're two series, but they were same creators and same, you know, everything. So, uh, I love this. This was at a time in the two thousands when, you know, superhero cartoons had kind of faded off from the nineties runs of like Spider-Man, the animated series and Superman and Batman, the animated series and fans were looking for that next thing. And so it kind of evolved from those solo series into this team series and uh, if you don't know, like there used to be a time where like life was so good that you could get like a programming block. I remember being fresh out of college and seeing like 2003 and seeing like the uh, 2002, 2003, seeing like the best seasons of like Chappelle's show. South Park was really funny. And then like Cartoon Network was airing like these Justice League one hour movies. And it was great, man. But uh, yeah, you would sit down and watch those first ones like movies and they were awesome. And it was something, it was like getting superhero movies on TV in animated form at a time when that was like non-existent. And it was all the voice cast of these, the production of these DC animated shows that people loved and taken to the next level and it spread. And then when it hit justice league unlimited, just spread across the entire DC universe to even some of the most obscure characters and really fun stories. And sometimes really impactful stories. Like if you can make a booster gold story impactful, like you're doing <laughs> something awesome. right. And so, yeah, I mean, this is like one of the goats for animation and superhero animation right here. And rightly so uh, wonderful team behind it. And yeah, that's my number three pick. 
All right, I'm going to transition from that into my number two pick to send us back down. And uh, not gonna, again, not don't need to take too long on this one. It's Batman the Animated Series as my number two pick. Oh, so Batman the Animated Series for the same reasons I said Justice League. I mean, this was the pioneer that made DC animation what it was, right? Um, and this holds up. I mean, the Justice League cartoons, I, they don't hold up as well. Now, when you try, especially the one hour ones that can be a little long and tedious uh, and like the one with Green Lantern going back to the hood is a little problematic. But, uh, uh, you know, this Batman the Animated Series still holds up extremely well, even in this day and age. Like you go back and watch these and still some of the best Batman stories, period, over mm-hmm. ever told. Like I almost got him uh, classic Batman story. Uh, and it introduced us to Harley Quinn. And, yep. you know, we would not have Harley Quinn without this animated series. Two of the best Batman character performances with Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as the Joker. Luke Skywalker was the Joker. So, like, yeah, I mean, enough said, right? Like, you all know why from the opening sequence to just everything that, I mean, this came along and carried that wave of transition with Batman and arguably was this awesome ambassador because it took every style of Batman, the new, darker kind of Tim Burton, Alan Moore, Frank Miller stuff. And the classic retro kind of fun stuff and made it in this weird amalgamation that somehow just worked. What time period was this set in? We don't know. You know, it, it worked in just so many classic episodes. So Batman, the animated series is my number two. Thanks. Awesome, man. Uh, is it me? I think it's yeah. me. Somebody save me. <laughs> Smallville is Yay. on my list. And it was very hard for me not to put this number one. <laughs> I adore Smallville. Uh, I will, uh, for me, the show. Um, so, like, I read Superman comics and everything beforehand, read action, stuff like that. In fact, like, Superman was one of the two early characters that like, got me in the comics period, which was Superman and Spider Man. And so I was reading those on a regular basis. So I, I was engrossed in Superman stories. That said, I did not really fall in love with the character and the supporting cast of Superman until Smallville. It was Smallville that I still identify with so many characters as like, they're my favorite versions of, of these characters. Um, like Hartley is as green arrow later on killed it. I, I love that version of green arrow, Tom Welling's Clark Kent and his, and more importantly, like his, uh, his parents, like I, that's like the how I see it. Even in the books, like when we see Paul and Ma Kent come in, I see them. Like I see Smallville's versions. I see that dynamic. I loved their dynamic, especially in the early seasons. Um, like him and and Michael Rosenbaum's Luther. I love that version of Luther. Like it's just there's just so much uh, fun play. And I also love the little tweaks they made to like their 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 origin story as far as like how they first came into contact with each other and things like that. Erica Durant's Lois Lane adore there's just so many like great things about that character uh you know i watch i can go back and watch a show and i get hooked right over again um there's just something about the superman mythos and everything that this show opened up for me and i wouldn't be half the superman fan i am without this show and so it will always have a very special place um superman and lois by the way is excellent and i'm loving what they're doing it is still early on so i can't like put that in the same club yet but it's promising. So Smallville is my number two. This is true. No one in Smallville almost has a helmet. Thank you, comic book. Oh, wow. Wow. 
the, the pettiness <laughs> levels of epic. Uh, Janelle, you want to go with your number two? Yeah. Uh, my number two is one that has already been chatted about, so I'll be pretty quick here. Uh, Peacemaker. I definitely ranked it up pretty high. I, as many of you guys know, I am a huge fan of James Gunn. Uh, my favorite MCU film is Guardians. Peacemaker felt like an edgier Guardians with, you know, cool dance moves and a crazy ex wrestler. <laughs> it was just good times. Uh, it was an awesome soundtrack, big action, violence, humor, uh, relationships. I fell in love with this character. I can't believe it. Me of all people. And I just really enjoyed Peacemaker. It was great. That's my number two. All right, Janelle, that means you get to go. Oh. And I guess we'll knock ours out together yeah, since you and I Yeah, I feel like you should start this off, Kofi. This is your baby. All right. Well, I yeah. don't know about that. All right. All right, here we go. I am not touching that one. We are just going to get into this. Here we go. So our number one is none other than HBO's Watchmen. Bye-bye-bye. So Watchmen was my number one and Watchmen is my number one because man, the cojones on my boy who I've actually known for a long time, uh, Damian Lindelof to take this on. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taking on another chapter in like a sequel kind of semi sequel to Watchmen. First of all, when they described this, we were all like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, is this a sequel? What is this? Like, what are you doing? How far are you going to run so Alan Moore doesn't shoot you? And like, you know, this is, we were like, oh boy, this could crash and burn really hard. I mean, this came out, we were still in the midst of Doomsday Clock, which was its own thing. Uh, like, and yeah, the faith in this was, as a concept, was not there really. Um, certainly not. I did not know what they were going to do with this. And I don't think any of us could have predicted what they would do with this. And what they did with this was nothing short of amazing. I think Watchmen is not only my favorite DC TV show. I think it might be my favorite comic book TV show easily of oh, all time. Wow. And I, it's just, it functioned as an overall gripping story. That was a like perfect synthesis of continuing what Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons had done in the original Watchmen story and marrying it to modern America and all of the hot button issues that we were dealing with. It did not shy away. This isn't like scared PG comic book. Like this went into some real deep stuff from about race and class and America and politics and polarization and how we look at what's heroic and like all this other stuff. Well, again, evolving the characters and storylines of the actual Watchmen comic in a compelling, exciting and, and sometimes really surprising kind of way. And yeah, Watchmen just did it. And not only did that, but it showed the power of comic book storytelling by changing the real world. Like the opening sequence of this in the Tulsa Massacre and showing that as a TV show in a comic book TV show surprised everyone and changed the world because people had it was the first time that people in america of a modern generation really realized like in addition to all the things that were happening socially like wow like holy crap we don't know history like there are things yeah. like we significantly don't know and like about like race and history and all this stuff and it opened the door and that was a comic book tv show that did that and so and it didn't get any less controversial after that. I mean, people are mentioning just the hooded justice or origin story. 
that deep thing about sexuality and race and, and the past and all that to like, yeah, to just Sister Knight and, uh, and Regina King's performance in this to Yaya Abdul Martin and how they do Dr. Manhattan and the choice to make Dr. Manhattan choose to become reinvent himself as a black dude. Like it was all just so nuts. And that episode of them just across time, like dating and falling in love and how Dr. Manhattan perceives that just deep again, amazing TV, amazing kind of cinematic level and, and award worthy comic book TV in a deepening of the character of, of Dr. Manhattan in a way that I don't think even Alan Moore should be pissed off about. Right. So Watchmen just, yeah, did the thing and really, uh, really, really did it. So did the um, thing. Did, I mean, perfect. I know I, I ran out of good <laughs> deep words thing. to say, did the honestly, thing really, really did it. Kobe, yeah, that is yeah. beautiful. It was honestly everything you said. This is why I was like, you have to go first. You said it perfectly. Obviously Watchmen was also my number one. Um, and, and because Kofi described the entire experience so eloquently, I will just tell you based on my experience, I had just jumped on to comic book nation when this came out. Oh, this man, is when I right. first, started hosting this with you guys and this was our this is like my first task to like oh, wow. watch wow. the show we, and we cover it with you guys end. we did Jeez. not care about your mental health at all <laughs> i mean i was gonna be watching it anyways but uh it was just really 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 cool to like talk about this with you guys week to week because this is one that we covered every single episode and that just goes to show you it's a huge show. Like this show was dedicated. Like this podcast was dedicated every single week to each episode as they came out. So yeah, it was awesome. It was such a good show. And uh, yeah, in incredible. Just incredible show. All right, Maddie, follow that up with your yeah, number. Okay. One. Well, number one, I can't because I'm actually mad that I didn't pick that as my number one now. <laughs> because hearing you guys just go off. I think actually at the time, I wasn't part of those discussions because, like, I was still having issues with like HBO Max or something. Oh my yeah. god! It was only yes. on HBO. Yeah. It wasn't on HBO Max. wasn't a thing yet, right? No, it was HBO Now or HBO. Yeah. And I didn't have it, so, so I couldn't yeah. watch it. Uh, and you guys would always like go off on it every week. I'm like, oh my god, this is the most amazing <laughs> thing, and I would be so jealous. Uh, so for me, it's uh, it's Batman the Animated Series. Uh, I I think uh, Kofi put it best. <laughs> uh, I think he, he said does. everything. Um, uh, as as brilliantly as, as possible. I mean, look, so many iconic characters. This is a show, like he said, I think as much as I love Justice League and more more so Justice League Unlimited, um, I do feel like Batman the Animated Series, its ambiguity as far as timeline and style and all that has kept it from dating itself. So you can go back and watch those and be just as enamored with the style and the visuals and everything. And then also from just a classic storytelling perspective, they went deep enough. So there's, you know, there's a, there's a depth to those characters and those back and forths between Batman and his villains that you just don't always get. Um, and they pushed boundaries at the time, which has helped it stay relevant. So, um, you know, I, I still love it. Uh, I will always be able to watch this series and it will kind of continue to be the uh, the peak of what, you know, cartoons really can be. All right. Well, those are our picks for DC top DC TV shows ranked. We're going to release a graphic of this on our comic book nation Twitter stream. So you guys can see our total picks kind of side by side. 
Uh, people are kind of bouncing out and got to go in the chat. And I know if we're the for the video TV version of this, we might be cutting soon. So I'm just going to do a soft goodbye and say thank you, everybody, for tuning in for our rankings. If you're watching and be sure to subscribe to Comic Book Nation, on your podcast platforms and on Twitter, where you can kind of get updates about everything we're doing now for you guys who hang out for the after party. <laughs> it's the after and the show. after after party. We're going to be talking some more. So don't go anywhere. Next up, we got to talk comics this week. I mean, this is called Comic Book Nation, so the party ain't over. We got to talk about comics. So who's still here? All our hardcore fans. We oh, oh, they're all. Oh, no, they're wait. All we have gaming. Here. Matt has an agenda. Please, by all means, Matt. <laughs> oh, okay. Agenda? So as an agenda, and this is a by the way a, a really quick thing. So I had the chance uh, to head to Funko Hollywood uh, to test out the new Jurassic World: uh, The Legacy of Isla Nublar uh, board game that will be hitting Kickstarter soon. So we have a bunch of footage and stuff like that that's going to be populating over the next week but i was at fungo hollywood and it would be ridiculous of me not to film something next to a giant funko pop so i did and rich if you can cue the vid i would appreciate Matt Aguilar here. Hey, Comic Book Nation. I have the privilege of being at the Funko Hollywood store, and I am playing the new Jurassic World game, The Legacy of Isla Nublar. Uh, you will have tons of footage coming, so I promise. But in the meantime, it's Malcolm. Peace, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. You're so You're cute. Welcome you showed us that shirtless a- Funko <laughs> Plus content right there. Sure, this Funko Pop. This is what happens when we let you out of the office. <laughs> That's coming. Nowhere else. Exactly what happens when we you let you out of chaperone. Also, oh, I'd like man. to point out that for my number one pick, uh, there were also no helmets. No helmets. Comic book miss me. I mean, does a cow? Comic book miss me. Does a reinforce? Does a reinforced cow count as a helmet? I don't know. No. No, it does not. <laughs> I'm just right, kidding. Now we're moving to the comics. <laughs> yeah, let's get to comics. <laughs> let's find the comics. Uh, we're gonna talk uh, Ten Lives of Wolverine number five. Um, this series, uh, I we had said previously, or at least I had said previously, uh, that death. Uh, had actually the death of Wolverine had actually kind of surpassed lives for me as far as like the one I was looking forward to every week. Uh, and now they're about to collide. And so what you're lives, saying is you're flip-flopping. You're no, I'm not flip-flopping because I'm actually more, I, I really loved what five did for lives of Wolverine five, as far as like bringing together these pieces with Mikhail and uh, Omega red and, and seeing just the like, Again, this has been a really interesting exploration into Logan's psyche and how he's looking at this mission of, you know, can I fix these things that have hurt me and hurt other people? Can I use this kind of endeavor to save Xavier as a way to, like, fix my own broken past? That's that's kind of been this exploration here. And there's, again, some really interesting stuff that happens in this issue regarding that conflict. Um some uh, a shock or two with like Omega Red just like being able to stab Xavier uh, out of nowhere. That was a cool. That was actually a cool moment. Um, but uh, I, I'm now. I think I'm about equal. I think I'm about like I'm ready to see how this ends. How these two things. How these two Whoa. sides of the story really come together. I will say, Death is still kind of right. It's almost right here. But Lives brings it kind of up here where I'm excited to see these collide. Well, what did you guys think? I think it's kind of a mistake to keep looking at them and competitively at this point. I think these mm-hmm. last few issues, uh, number four of deaths and four and five of lives, which we just, I just caught up on for both four and five at once. And I think th- what they've done is successfully bring these two stories together. 
there's kind of two halves of a story and a lot of time travel stuff that's really interesting that they're kind of quietly doing. Like this kind of quietly reset something about Logan we haven't seen, which is they kind of subtly hint that what he's done now in lives has restored this kind of version of Logan where he's not really sure about like what exactly he's done. Yeah. What and, and instead of like the classic, oh, Weapon X stole my memories thing, it's like now I've messed with time and timelines and so many different lives and lived for so long, had my brain pierced so many times, yeah. death and come back so many times. I'm not really kind of sure consciously like what's real, like what I really did, what I've maybe reset or messed with, like and all this stuff. So that uncertainty about who he is is there, but they did it in a very beautiful poetic way at the end of five where there's this whole just kind of violent scene, but very poetic yeah. monologue where it's Logan kind of, Saying even this, I mean, because this was who Wolverine was to a generation of us, right? Mm -hmm. He was the guy who didn't quite know who he was and remember who he was, but had these skills and was making this kind of new life through the X-Men. And it was always this awesome tension of who really was he and finding out that he was like a scumbag or something and like, you know, all that stuff. And so they kind of are resetting that and in a nice kind of way and but in a different way. And it ties into this larger, still ambitious timeline thing they're playing with about the fate of humanity and machines and mutants and it ties into death because this all kind of this past of wolverine is going to be tied to this other wolverine omega wolverine who comes out of of this final kind of future far future lifetime and you know he's wolverine at the end right and so like there is this kind of nice connection there and it's very kind of interesting how this is going to play out in deaths and what it's going to do for Wolverine as a character, making him this kind of chronal spanning, almost godlike character. And, but still the basic kind of fundamentally flawed Wolverine with no memory thing that he's, that we, we know and love. So I thought these issues had great art and great storytelling and really, yeah, pumped up lives because it started to lag. Once you got the twist of death, it was like, Oh, more exciting because lives was a simple kind of straightforward premise yeah. that we liked. But they really brought it together, this, and how it resolves. Man, poor Omega Red. He's just like the redheaded stepchild of mutants. He just always gets the worst shake in the end. But uh, yeah, he, he got he got eviscerated. Yeah. Yeah, he was like just literally eviscerated. And yeah, the gruesomeness of Wolverine's fights with his enemies. Uh, I, I like that we're leaning more into that in the modern age of just how gross it is when Wolverine does battle like some of his top yeah. powered enemies like Omega Red and Sabretooth. So yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Janelle? Yeah, I, you guys said it all. Uh, the art is majestic and amazing. I love how it's all finally coming together and the payoff is hopefully going to be awesome. It feels, it, it's just, I struggle with mutants, but this was an enjoyable run. And that makes me feel good because I don't know if you're allowed to say that I, know. <laughs> I struggle with mutants. Oh my God. <laughs> it's I'm serious though. I, you guys know, like it is, there's a lot of lore. There's a lot mm -hmm. of background. I am not familiar with every character, but at least I could follow this. You know, I really could like, I could understand what was happening and I enjoyed it. It was, it's, it's been a fun ride. You got to read house of X. I've read house of M. Yeah, so we gotta good. we gotta do way different. We gotta do out. house. We gotta do a a full reread okay. of house and 
empowers. Yeah, Maybe that. Comixology yeah, should... will get their stuff together. No, don't mention that name. That's dead. <laughs> oh my God. That's been <laughs> such a pain in the rear. Um, yeah. Uh, I will. I, we need to do that though, because that will be a good primer for what's coming. Down. Yeah. Like, we need I, to do. Yeah. And I will say I, for me um, to put a pin on this, um, I was not, when this first was announced, I was not excited for the series because I was like, really? Like of all the potential characters and potential story threads, we're going to do two books about Wolverine. Like I was very <laughs> like, seriously, if there's a character, right? Like kind of how Kofi feels about Batman now. It is a character. I'm like, I don't need two solo books on. It was Wolverine. I'm like, I'm good. Right. So to be at that point when this series started or for it was first announced and then to be at the point where I'm like, just so impressed by what a someone uh, I think it was Brywood said like Percy crushed this he really did um and I cannot wait for this finale this was just like this was a Wolverine story I did not know I needed but I can't like it was it's been phenomenal and so I just enjoyed this run so much uh so to be there from where I started is kind of amazing uh let's move into uh the next book which is Batman the Knight number three uh, which uh, again, I was on a roll this week. Uh, I I love this issue. I was just moving from book I like to book I like. I, I, Kofi's I, making a face. I, I figure. I figure that's why I pre- <laughs> that's why I, pre- I, pre- with Batman. I hope we can freeze frame Matt doing Batman the Night. The Batman Night. What is like half Dracula? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I'm about to hit in the head. Oh boy! <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I I really love this. I've just again, I'm kind of impressed when this was first announced. We're talking about filling in the gaps of an origin story that most people know. And so what I've been thrilled about with the last issue and then now this one is that we are really delivering on that premise and and really filling in these spots with compelling uh with compelling content. There's a you're you are seeing an arc with Bruce and you're seeing him interact with these people that we really haven't had as much chance to really see him at this age uh interact with and processing his grief processing his feelings, um, dealing with the anger. And then also this like serial killer caper, you know, you've got uh, Descartes in here and just like some of the conversations they have. And then of course the Alfred stuff, because he's like missing and how that's, I just, I'm really delightfully, pleasantly surprised at how much I'm enjoying this series because I kind of went in with certain expectations um, that we'd be getting a lot of stuff that like, eh, we've seen this. And so far, that has not been the case and I've been really enjoying it. So this continues that. Um, I, I love it, but what do you guys think? Um, this has really grown on me. Cause I remember I was kind of sour on the first issue and I thought the first issue was kind of lame and I was the one. And then you, of course you brought it up this week of all weeks that I was the one who was like, I don't need another like simultaneous, like Batman. There's too many Batman, like going back to young Bruce Wayne stuff's going on right now. Um, but uh, yeah, this has grown on me. I loved the last, I remember loving the last issue with, you know, the femme fatale, Mrs. Uh, Robinson story for Bruce Wayne. And uh, this one also was really entertaining. Like the serial killer is scary. And that that whole thing is really creepy and seeing this, uh, I forget her name. I keep forgetting the uh, French lady's name, but I think it's Lucy. It's like Lucille. Yeah. Lucille, 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 uh, seeing her and Ducard and that interaction of now kind of widening the story of Bruce's mentors is really interesting. And, yeah, just seeing how you can see how one is showing him the criminal side, but one shows him how to be like a cop detective and, you know, in this weird kind of like surrogate mother father dysfunctional kind of structure is is really interesting. And Ducard is really great in this. And so, 
Yeah, I mean, and we just got to Card, and I and I didn't like him in in you know what that what was that other one? We, oh, the Batman, the Detective, or something. Oh, uh, yes. I think yeah, that see, was, I, uh, I thought that was kind of a boorish, stupid take on Ducard, but this one is much, much better at him just having the upper hand in terms of knowledge and seeing where Batman will inherit that kind of yeah. trait of being just armed with his knowledge, wits, and deductions and, and kind of sensibility about people and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed this. Uh, enjoying this a whole lot more now. Janelle, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, this is, this is great. I liked it from the jump. Yeah, you uh, did. And I just... I'm just loving this backstory stuff. I I don't have a lot of the backstory books in my repertoire, so I love I love any of this kind of stuff to give me some context of why Batman is the way that he is. And um, yeah, I've really enjoyed this whole storyline. This one was just I loved this one. Like this one was the best, obviously, so far, in my opinion, just so interesting. And I just I loved the story and it kept me like very excited. I always know I'm really enjoying I'm really enjoying a read when I don't count how many pages I have left. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wow. And I ended I finished yep. and I was like, dang it, it's over. Um, yeah. And that's how I felt with this one. So that was great. Yeah. That's a good barometer. That's what I do too. I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that the bar was going down. And yeah. I was like, oh, damn yeah. it. I'm already done. Yeah. Um, let's get to the poll winner, which was Nightwing number 90. Uh, now, this was a little bit of a curveball because um, there were a couple of number ones in the in the poll, I believe. Uh, but this one kind of enters in like, this is like the third part. It's like chapter three of a, of a story. But what I actually love about this is you really, that doesn't really matter. No, Thank like yeah. uh, kudos to Tom Taylor for like again like it doesn't really matter you're coming in three chapters in on a story and it's still like you could take this issue he gets you up to speed at the beginning uh this is a Dick Grayson Wally West uh friendship book and I'm here for it <laughs> I love I love uh I just loved it um their friendship is just so sweet like just seeing them and how they like how they go back and forth and like all of Wally's scenes at the crash site or at the, at the side of the explosion are just so fun because like he's, you see the, you know, like how he cares uh, for Dick and everything. And like the scene where like, you never really think about it. Like when flash pulls rubble and like, you don't think about it, but like he's, he's when they're like, Oh, he's broken. He's probably broken. Like his fingers, like multiple times he heals yeah. fast, but like he's done, but it's just, he doesn't care. That's cool. I, but I just love that. That's a, that's an aspect of that power. We see that power all the time, but we never really think of the cost of it. So I just mm -hmm. love those little things that like Taylor plants in there to like, again, humanize something that's, you know, ground something that's in the fantastical. Right. Um, and then just like uh, all the stuff, like this, this growing thing of like, <laughs> Nightwing is like the worst enemy in this area. Like everybody just wants to kill him. And it's kind of like that. Um, I just love the target on his back scenario here. Also just like, okay, the, the line with um, Barbara Gordon, like that was like, to me again, that's like Tom mm -hmm. Taylor, just like, you know, having his like finger on the pulse of like, seriously, they're literally fridging me to get to yeah, you. Yeah, that was a great line. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. That was a great cool. line. It's so good because she's in a refrigerator car. Yeah, we, to, to explain it up for the <laughs> listeners, uh, there's a scene where Barbara Gordon Batgirl gets kidnapped and she contacts Nightwing and she's writing and they have her trapped in the back of a refrigerating, refrigeration truck and she says, they're fridging me just to get to you, which is a kind of calling out the reference that started in DC Comics with yeah. Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner's girlfriend getting stuffed in a fridge in this very gruesome panel that scarred all of us kids. And <laughs> 
and um, but has become a very kind of looked at as a misogynist thing of killing off a female character in this gruesome way, yeah. just as to provoke a male character and and kind of throwing away a female character. So it was a nice little call out. I'll give it that. Um, yeah. I guess I transitioned into saying like, yeah, I was actually happy this won the poll. Uh, this was a good Nightwing story. And I think Taylor does a good job of distinguishing why Dick Grayson and let's just call him Grayson. There's too many ways this gets awkward when you're like saying things like Wally prefers Dick and things like that. Like, yeah, let's just say uh, Grayson. Okay. Uh, so I'm not a gutter mind. I'm, gutter just conscious, mind I'm conscious of what this stuff sounds like coming out of the speakers of somebody's home. I'm conscious. I listen to us on TV around children every week. So all I'm going to say is that uh, it, it does a good job of distinguishing why Nightwing is different from Batman and how he like handles the building situation when he realizes he's being targeted. He's a lot more compassionate than Batman and stuff. And Wally West was a good foil in this for Nightwing and showing, you know, how Dick is cared about, uh, how Grayson is cared about and everything. And like, yeah, and it just made, it was a compelling slice of life story about Nightwing and the whole thing about somebody being after him is really is really good. And and just it was a classic kind of ending cliffhanger with a superhero team up fight and KG beast to bring that around to the person who shot Dick ah, in the head and did this <laughs> made whole him thing. become just Rick Grayson. Made him become Rick Grayson. Like, yeah, somebody like should get beat up. Right? Somebody <laughs> should get beat up for that. And it looks like they will. So, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Good job. Good job, listeners, for picking this. <laughs> uh, just great it, it, you guys said it it was uh, very easy to follow obviously I just popped right in and I was like oh wow there's a lot at stake like the stakes are really high uh, there's action right up at the top um, and you're kind of like frantic with you know Nightwing and it's just good I love seeing the friendship between the two I, I don't know if that's like an established thing that a lot of people already know, but I definitely understood that that came across like how much they mean to one another. And I did love that. And I definitely want to keep reading this one. Yeah. I mean, just kudos, man, to the Taylor to be able to make a, th- I mean, look, we've read number ones that are more hard to pick up. Yeah. On. <laughs> so Seriously. Like, it's, it's impressive. It's not something that should be like glossed over. That's impressive. But that's, uh, but that's comics. Mm-hmm. All right. So we went long today, but we, like I said, this is what Comic Book Nation is. We are your one stop shop for all things geek culture. So today we hit some Marvel, we hit some DC, we hit some anime, we hit some gaming, we hit some comic books. <laughs> we missed out on wrestling, but we've done plenty of that in the last few weeks. So we got a lot you, coming up too on that. Yeah, we got a lot coming up too. So if you ever needed a snapshot of what our show is all about, This is it. And if you want more, always go to comicbook.com where we cover all of this stuff and so much more for the culture. And we hope to catch you back here next week. We are live every Friday at noon on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. If you miss it, the shows are replayed on those channels right after that. We can also catch our sister show, Phase Zero, which is all Marvel-focused with uh, Brandon Davis and that crew over there on these same channels as well. Subscribe to Comic Book Nation on your podcast platforms and follow us at Comic Book Nation on Twitter. If you want to talk to us individually, you can catch us on Twitter as well. I am at Kofi Outlaw. I am Matt Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler. And uh, thank you for all our fans. If you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us that five-star review, and we will see you next week. Peace. Bye, guys.